With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who know that Delta 8 is not a flight number. Chris and the Riz. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 468. This is Detroit Lions number one team in NFL free agency. We got you going on. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for a beautiful place on Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my also beautiful friend and co-host, Jeff, the Riz Risden. How you doing, brother? It's been a day. I'm happy to talk Lions and happy to talk happy things. It's mm. going to be. I, I need this. This this is this is the day's catharsis. It has not been a good day from the moment I got up to pretty much this point of the day. So. I'm hopeful that we will uh, we'll have some fun and talk some fun lion stuff tonight. Yeah, the the lions have been a high point in an otherwise upstream paddle job, but we'll get into it. Uh, got a lot to talk about. Uh, first thing we want to talk about is uh, off season key dates. We'll get that really quick, and then Justin Rogers has a great story on Chris Spielman. Chris Spielman, kind of the, yes. the hidden man behind the scenes. Rogers in all of his greatness, bringing that on and talking about it. We'll talk about that as well. Um, Michael Gray joins for those who have seen his. Video over the week, you guys are gonna love it. He is spectacular. You guys are gonna love him. So he'll be on the show as well. Also, we're gonna talk about with him. We're gonna cover a lot of topics. Um, retool or rebuild? What the Lions are telling us? Jamal Williams changes to the draft plan. A look at Dan Campbell's new challenges. That and a whole boatload more. Riz, you ready to go, my man? Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Oh, yeah, it's sexy time. All right. (laughs) All right, let's get into this. Uh, First and foremost, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, I have to thank from the very cockles of my heart, Rob and Jen B. Thank you so much for the subscribe to the channel. We appreciate a lot of new subscribers popping in here uh, in the last week and a half. Um, I know we've had some pretty good content, but you guys have been spectacular to jump in, subscribe to all those things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending some time with us. We've got a lot more good stuff coming your way. Um, hit the subscribe, hit the the like button. We'll tell you that. We'll ask you to do that, please. Also, uh, for those who are on the audio show, 
Um, if you, you you may have gotten some some jarring, I've heard is the word a couple of thousand times ads last week. Um, don't worry. It was the first time one person. Right. We got to figure it out for you. It'll be a lot smoother and easier. It's new tech. It's going to be better for you going forward for thanks for sticking it out. Also. And this is huge, Riz. This is, we talked about naming the offensive line. It's been a couple of weeks. People use oh, the hashtag, oh. the hashtag DLP line love. They uh, hit us up on the comments and the different shows, and we've got a winner. Um, it took a little longer to name the winner than we wanted to because we wanted to put something special together. The winner is going to walk away with, are you ready for this? Thanks to his name, a Hanks Tanks t-shirt. Hank Fraley back there with his helmet on. (laughs) Five tanks. Awesome. O lineman right there, all with a little personality, a little character going on. Um, It's a spectacular looking shirt. The artwork is great. You guys will be able to check that thing out. Uh, Go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. It's in the. in the men's t-shirts it's unisex so it'll be female we're actually gonna someone thought about this for me today and i was like how did i miss this we're gonna throw up a tank top version as well because why wouldn't you have hank's tanks there um so check that out <laughs> hank's tanks <laughs> uh available that's that's where we're going that's the uh the now that you're saying it, like yes it does it absolutely belongs on a tank top yeah i wouldn't have made that connection without no, somebody saying it that's no idea how well, i missed that people are uh, smart i like smart people yeah you associate with smart people more yeah yeah. So check it out. DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. That is, I mean, I've, I've got a couple of those coming right now. I do have this one coming Sweet. as well. I want to share one more for you guys. Uh, we've got a lot of new designs rolling out here over the course of a couple of weeks. You guys, I mean, wearing my seatbelt gang shirt in honor. Very nice. Um, this one, it's always close to our heart. Don Burr, keep your eyes open. This one's for you, brother. Big FTP shirt. Uh, <laughs> although it says it out for you. A little dagger through the cheese there. A little Ed, Hard- Ed Hardy style. Love that. That's also available in the store. You guys check that out. That was absolutely a fantastic design. Got to thank our guy. We'll talk about who it is. We that's, may even have him on the show. Talk about some of these. That's designs. pretty sweet. It looks like a Godsmack album cover. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So with that last thing, last thing we got to talk about, man, uh, draft party. Oh, don't forget, we got you day one, day two of the draft. First three rounds are covered of the draft. Get in there. We'll be live. We'll be breaking down all the uh, the, the, the picks. I, I'd say good, bad or otherwise, but it's going to be pretty pretty rough to just based on on historical events for for Brad to disappoint us. It's I mean, uh, he's going to work he, at it if he, if he wants throw, to. He'll throw one up. He, he gets one every year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's two for two on that with years. But, you know, that he's shown the ability to adapt and overcome. And uh, uh, unfortunately, my new duties at DraftWire will prevent me from showing up other than just like very quick spots because uh, uh, I just got what we have to do that day. And I will write somewhere between 900 and 1,100 different things for publication from Thursday afternoon till Sunday night. Did you say duties? So, yes. <laughs> Sorry. It'll be a long weekend. I can't help but be like 12 all the time. It will be a very long weekend. Oh, will we get to see you I'm, pop in, Riz? I mean, that's one of the things I will. So I'm, I'm prepping. Um, by the way, this is the season. Happy Oberon Day to those who celebrated. It was Monday. I missed it. This is my first one of the year. I stopped at the gas station on the way home and got one. So. Oh, nice. Nice. I'm still a little bit on the uh, a little bit on the uh, oh what's it called 
the dry side, the dry side. Yes. There you go. Um, There's a, okay. So not that I drink a lot of Oberon because I, I like it, but it's not something that I drink a lot of, but this year's version, I can definitely taste a little bit more cardamom in it than last year's. um, Really? Which is interesting. I I happen to like that. So um, (laughs) I think this one honestly is better. They're making it so it's better without the orange slice in it. An orange would be better in this slice, especially Clementine would be great. Anybody got Clementine? My son is watching and he's in the room right above me. Uh, bring me a Clementine, dude. But uh, yeah. this, this is this is good. It's quality. I'll, I'll drink more of these. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's awesome. Your Risden beer review for the day. <laughs> the Risden beer of the day. The review of the day. Huh. I, I should do this a little differently. Okay. Sorry. I was doing something in the background. Why was I doing it in the background? Because I forgot to do it in the foreground before the show started. Uh, but that's okay. I can do it this way. All right, let's get into this. First things first, we want to get into the off season key off season dates for the Detroit Lions. And there's it's for the NFL, really, but they're they're we're we're popping through this. OTAs begin. That's the next item. Uh oh no, I'm sorry. The league meetings. I can't forget the league meetings. Next week, aren't they? 26th through the 29th, yes. So those are coming up. Um, we'll have those for you, and we'll talk about those. We may get uh, Dino in here, the Blandino, and talk about that a little bit. Oh, Jameson, thank you, sir, for the That's super nice. chat. Based on what Riz has said about thank Levi you. and Iffy, I'm expecting them to have all pro seasons. <laughs> That's great. They That's might great. in Canada, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, we'll see. man. There we go. Okay. Got that from Michael. Okay. Yeah. So we have the league meetings, the 26th to the 29th. Thank you, Jameson. Really, really appreciate that. Um, that's, that's very kind of you to super chat us like that. Um, April 17th, OTAs begin. Uh, the draft, the 27th through 29th. Do not forget the NFL draft party here at Detroit Lions podcast. That's uh, It's going to be coming from Kansas City, Missouri, but we'll be coming from you where we usually come from you until next year in, uh, in Detroit. May 1st, the fifth year option is that's the deadline for the fifth year option of the 2020 draft picks. May 5th through 8th, we have rookie minicamp. The 12th through 15th, the next round of rookie minicamps. The schedule is released mid-May. TBD, they say. A lot of rumors circulating about May 11th. So be ready. Have your credit card free to reserve your tickets to a Frankfurter. And then last, mid-July, the franchise, <laughs> franchise tag negotiation deadline hits. Oh, okay. So that's the NFL dates, which I have to make sure I get yep. in there. Uh, from the NFL dates, we have to take a quick shot and run over to a great, great article that uh, Justin Rogers put together that is absolutely uh, important. Oh, he he killed it with this, and this um, was yeah. this was something that you, if you haven't read it, go to Detroit News and read it. It's worth your time. It's worth your subscription for this one. I feel like. We've gotten to pre-COVID journalism again, finally, and Justin leading the way. Uh, if you remember, you used to, it, and, and I say this, you used to have great journalism from the, you know, I mean, look, Kowalski, of course, but uh, even Mike O'Hara, and not that he's doing a bad job now, but he's an employee of the organization, right? These 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 writers that have been around writing for the news, the free press, that was your conduit to Lions information. They would write these in-depth, Burkett, write these in-depth pieces. There hasn't been one as juicy and meaty as this in a long, long time. And just kudos 
to Justin. We'll have to have him on and, 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 and you know, tell him how thankful we are that he wrote this. What a great article about Chris Spielman. Say, and I mean, the, the king quote, of course, out there, the Super Bowl win is his number one goal. But top to bottom, this article gives people insight to a guy who doesn't want to, not that he doesn't want to give it, but he doesn't want to take the light off of anybody else. A hundred percent. You know, one of the things, and it came, it was very clear in the interview, and we've gotten this very clear in being around Chris, is that he's he's not a guy who wants the attention. And like even some of us who you know cover the team, like I'm I'm not in Allen Park often enough, but like I don't like people ask me what he does. I'm like, well, he kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. He he shows up at a lot of things, and I know I know he does things. I I knew, for example, one of the tidbits in there is that he does play scout team linebacker. I have seen that. It's fun. Um, and, and the way he talked, like, he's, I think he's 57, I want to say. Um, and that his eyes still see it, but the body doesn't do it anymore. Like, I definitely relate to that. Not football, <laughs> but uh, and, and, and some other things. But just uh, this was this was a real eye-opening thing. And, and credit to Spielman, my football hero, parenthetically. Yeah, uh, no, and to, I don't. Uh, you and I both. Uh, that's one thing that we found very early. Um, we differ greatly on our number nineteen fandom, but uh, Chris yes, Spielman. Yes, <laughs> Chris Spielman <laughs> is a longtime original hero. I mean, when he played, I had a, a Spielman jersey, and buying jerseys wasn't a thing really back then. It was. That's, uh, that's very day. true. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah I, I have an Ohio State Spielman jersey, uh, and it will be what I wear when I'm feeling anti Wolverine. Um, more than pro Buckeye because I'm really not pro Buckeye, but uh, I, I have worn that to an Ohio State Michigan game before, and Michigan fans were like, when they saw the name on the back, they're like, "All right, we're good." <laughs> I'm like, no quarrel, no problem, we good. And I, I, I totally respect that. But for Chris to to like let some light in on what he exactly does for the team, I think was was like, and I I I hope that that honestly was Justin's purpose behind the entire thing. Sure, it's like, yeah. let's find out what Chris really does. Uh, and I think he did a good job of explaining that. And, and Chris, Chris doesn't talk a lot, but he is a very good storyteller when you do get him to talk. Uh, and I've been uh, fortunate enough to be a fly on the wall a couple of times for those. And uh, this was like being a fly on that wall. And it was, yeah. it was great. It's interesting to t- hear him discuss. Cause he is, he is actually, a hell of a talker, even when he was on the field and throughout time, this is a shift in his personality and a very, very kind of conscious shift. I mean, he was on TV as an announcer, right? Yes. He's, he's definitely a talker, but he yeah. is definitely, definitely in a little bit of a different, a, a different role here and has very purposely and thoughtfully taken this, this, this role. And, you know, his whole thing is all about thrusting other people to the forefront. Um, I, uh, you know, some people I know aren't aren't really into it, but that entire article from Justin, and I know Justin sees it, and, and it's something I said very, very early the first time he and I met after the the Holmes and Campbell trade. It was at the trading camp party. Um, I said, "Watch this. This is servant leadership. This is what this is. This is this is something. It's been around for a while, but it hasn't become a real thing in the NFL." And I'm telling you, you this is what you're seeing, and that whole 
article drips of quotes of somebody who is he, he literally uses the phrase twice in there about being a servant for the people around him and helping them get to be better than they ever could have been you know with in in any other situation without him it's it's that focus on bettering everything around you rather than better bettering yourself because you know you will be better as a result of that and you're not focused on you getting better it's it's really that mindset and is has stuck and is just inculcated throughout the entire front office. Everybody you hear speak, it's, everybody you speak. It's to something that they all else. embrace. Yeah. Like they're all cut from that same cloth and that's a great cloth to be cut from because it's something that like, if there, if there happens to be a tear in that cloth, they have the ability to repair it without like tearing it all apart and, and trying to buy a new one. Like that's, it's so strong. It's, yeah. uh, it's it's a great and and I I was with you when I when I read it for the first time this morning I'm going through I'm like damn this is Chris's servant leadership sermon right here <laughs> like this is great servant oh my god <laughs> it's funny because there is a like, for a lot of people there's a religious component to it but I think you can you can yeah. do it without religion and it's it's kind of where you know whatever where I, where I sit right um, I want to micro Mike I saw you out there. Um, for sure, buddy. We'll, we'll, we'll work that out. We'll, we'll get on the, on the show with you for sure. We would love to get you back on here and, and back on over there as well. It's a great time for that. Um, Hodges, it, you know, this is it right here. Spielman took such pride and joy in watching Holmes realize his dream of becoming a GM. It was moving. Yeah, absolutely. It was, that's the thing. Finding people, um, helping people and taking pride in their success. And he says it throughout, right at the end, it's, them moving on and doing those great things. And it's almost, he, he, he says it all except the, and then I can fade away from there. Right. I mean, that's, he doesn't say those words, but yeah. that is all and entirely the, the message that he's putting forth from, from that, from this. So uh, really, really good to see Chris Spielman. Anything else that you took away from it? That's um, key points there. Riz. About the only other thing that I got was that he doesn't have any ambition to run the team. Unlike his brother, Rick, who was a general manager. Um, and by the way, not that I don't often recommend other podcasts. Yep. The podcast that Ryan Wilson and Rick Spielman do, uh, it's with the first pick, I believe it's from CBS, is really good. It's very informative. Um, and you will learn things about the Lions in there because Rick will talk about Chris and how he talks to Chris about certain things. Uh, and I picked up a couple things um, from the episode. It would have been three weeks ago, the week before the combine. If you listen to that, you're going to pick up a couple of things about the Lions in there that you might not have known before, um, yeah. just catching strays. Um, and I think that Chris talking about how he doesn't feel qualified to run a team, how he has no real ambition to be the GM or be um, even the assistant general manager or director yeah. of scouting or whatever. But in the position he's in now, he's free to do what basically like put his finger in that pot and stir it a little bit, but also like take it out and put it in a different pot and stir it and in yeah. a different pot and stir it. And, and where he goes, where he feels he's needed the most. And I think that's a, it's first off, that's a wickedly important position. Yeah. I think, and he talked about how unique it is. Uh, and I can tell you from covering other teams, that's, <laughs> well, it's actually what, what Jack Easterby <laughs> wanted to be in Houston, uh, but Rasputin, uh, Rasputin burned that one down pretty badly. It's a role that I think more and more teams should have because I think having an experienced general overseer is a completely underrated and underutilized position in today's NFL. And I'm hoping that more teams do that. And I will also parenthetically add here, 
I think that's what Jim Caldwell's doing in Carolina, and I kind of like that for him too. It's yeah. weird that like what the Lions are doing is is spreading like positively. Like people are like, look what the Lions are doing. Like, man, we, maybe we want some of that. Like, maybe we should try that. It's working well for them. Like, when was the last time that happened to us? Like, yeah. That was. I mean, <laughs> th- th- so that that for me was pretty cool that that he's he completely shot down any aspects that he's like you know the man behind the mask you know. Puppet master pulling yeah. strings. That, that's not what he's doing. And angling. No. Right. Uh, really quick, yeah. uh, Steve O, I want to read that article about Spielman. I don't have a subscription to the Detroit News. I, I, I feel your pain. Um, I can't tell you who's agreed to it, but there's this great place called Bypass Paywalls Clean. It's on GitHub and it's also part of Firefox. You can get that and it eliminates that need for a whole bunch of different things. <laughs> great way to get to those articles without having getting stuck behind that paywall. Um, you can thank me in the super chat or you can be a Patreon. Join us there. By- bypass Paywalls <laughs> Clean. It's worth <laughs> look the super chat or the pay the Patreon is worth way more than those uh, all those uh, those uh, subscriptions you no won't need anymore. <laughs> I'm paid by the same people who run the news, so yeah, I can't yeah, say anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've talked to writers around that are behind that, those paywalls, and they've they're happy with that I that, that, that exists that, as well because they will be seen. Well. <laughs> yes. All right, let's get into it. We've Sometimes got somebody we're here. encouraged to write about what we read from our our fellow yeah. Gannett people. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes All right, let's uh, let's do this. We got somebody on the on the line. I want to bring him in. He uh, did an excellent video this week. So excited that we've added him to the show and to the con. It's the whole kind of, I don't, I don't even know what I was going to call it. I said, start with a word that started with a C-O-N, and then I just, I lost it from there. But to the confines of the Detroit Lions podcast, but it's, it's, it's freeing, actually. Let's get the big man, Gray Michael. Gray, how are you doing, brother? Great to have you here. Uh, hey, guys. Can you hear me all right? Very well. Very well. You are right. beautiful, Perfect. Gray. I, I wore it a hat for you, Riz. You. I don't want to, I don't want to hair shame you. <laughs> I appreciate that. If you haven't watched the video, you need to watch the video just to see Gray's fabulous locks, man. It's it's beautiful. It's fairly something. It's uh that it's a leftover from the uh from the aftertimes of the pandemic. I realized that I was spending a moderate to okay bottle of bourbon every five or six weeks on haircuts and just decided to stop. So Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, they're already. Why is Mike hiding that hair in the uh, in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's out of respect for Riz. Nobody respects Riz. There we go. <laughs> oh, there there you go. There you go. All right, great. It's so good to have you here, man. God, we've been talking so much in the last week. It's been uh, it's been exciting. <laughs> um, yeah. There's so much we've got going. I wanted to start with a question, and I want to pose this to both of you because it's something you guys. Uh, I got to get you into the Slack. Michael, I will do that. Um, but this is something I put into the we have this podcast topics, just a place where people can submit topics for the pod and where sometimes I take notes for the pod for myself just so I don't forget these brief flashes of brilliance that I have. Uh, <laughs> but the big question I was throwing back to the very, very beginning, and I believe it was even the very first Brad Holmes press conference. And everybody was talking about rebuild and he used the word retool. And it's like, oh, And it hit me as things in free agency started unpacking this year. And we saw these players rolling in this year. I was going back because we, everyone kind of went into rebuild and we all were just thinking rebuild the first six of the weeks of this last season. Everyone's like rebuild, right? That we, everyone was right there, but now 
you know, there's two things that I know of, right? One, and this uh, this is from Ash, who's also one of our, our uh, content producers. Um, Ash had this really, really great thing. By the end of the second year, you know if the rebuild is going to work. You know if it's going to work and if you're in the right direction. But I'm thinking here, game seven, you know, before halfway through the season, after effectively the first quarter of the season, we started to know that what we were doing was working and it was with mostly the same talent minus a coach. Um, I just want to kind of get your perspective on this, both of you. Um, And let's go to Michael first. Was this a rebuild? Is this a retool? What do you think Holmes's kind of piece is here? Well, I mean, you can get caught up in the semantics of the retool or the rebuild. What I, what I've seen from him in both years, in both seasons, the reason you see that that gear catch about halfway through the season is because this is a build and it's built on youth. They had to throw out a ton of rookies and a ton of guys that had very, very little experience and obviously none in the scheme with all new coaches. So they're throwing all of these guys out there. And when you do that, it takes half a season. Uh, you look no further than... Aiden Hutchinson, he looked different in week 10 than he did in week one. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, all of the guys that they had to throw out there through this process, they knew they were going to have to bite down and eat it with some youth. And when you put young players out there, Jeff will tell you, especially, you know, all the secondary guys we're, I'm assuming, going to talk about because we've been talking about secondary guys with this team for a decade. But, (laughs) um, you know, when when you put youth out at some of those positions, there's only one way to learn. And sometimes it's not pretty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How about you, Riz? Rebuild, retool? I will go back to the very beginning. And before the last regime ended, I wrote an article. I did an interview with friend of the podcast, lead singer of I Prevail, Brian Burkheiser. And it was based around their song, Gasoline. Burn Mm. it all down, burn it down. Mm. I don't give Burn it all down, burn it to the ground. And yes, yes, there you go, Grant. I didn't even see that. That's awesome. It was not a rebuild. It was a destruction and like like the phoenix coming out of the, the ashes of, of a big flaming pile of dog crap. Like it's... It, 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 <laughs> It, there was there was nothing there to rebuild. They had to start over. So I think I, I actually go the other direction on this. It wasn't a retool. It wasn't a rebuild. It was a complete teardown, and that had to happen first. And they had the balls and the wherewithal and the confidence to do it. And Sheila deserves a hell of a lot of credit for for engendering that in them. I'll tell you the you know my thinking is is it's similar to those lines in. First off, the people that booed Sheila at the Calvin thing, they've got a lot of apologizing to do. They've got a lot of hats and crow to eat, whatever, and, and some other things probably as well. Turd biscuits, right? They're, they're just, I mean, I get you're caught up in the moment and things aren't great, but and whatever. Okay. The thing is, and I saw it roll by in the chat too. There wasn't really anything here. You had an offensive line. I mean, Panay's really, really sewn it up. But other than your offensive line and your super stud, sorry, I got, I've got to pull it in when I can. Hank Fraley with Hank's tanks now on the on the offensive line, right? <laughs> um, you didn't have a whole lot of anything to work with. It was a build, right? It, it was just a build. Um, the, the, and, and like you were talking about, Michael, we picked up Jerry Jacobs. No, nobody knew who he was. 
He rolled in at cornerback, UDFA, right? A kid who's fought uphill his whole life, you know, two steps forward, one step back his whole life to get here. And his every ounce of grit and that that personality that this team is looking for, right? This kid goes out there as a UDFA and he's starting by week seven on, on, on year one, winds up getting injured, um, but played his heart out. We saw a lot from a lot of guys out there that 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 we didn't expect and that shouldn't, we shouldn't have seen, frankly, we shouldn't have seen the type of play we did from a lot of those guys in year one. But I mean, I throw back to that. Um, the, one of the, the Patriot years, I forget what it was called. It was one of those ESPN, you know, specials, I think maybe 30 for 30 or whatever, but he talked about a, a beating they took early in the season against Kansas city. And he said, it was like a 40 point loss. And everyone was looking at him and said, they're cooked. They're done. He's, and, he, and Belichick walked away and said, you know what? These guys didn't give up. And I knew I had something we could work with here and do something with it. And I, I thought, you know, we can do something. We've got something. That's exactly what this team has gone through with far, far less talent to get to where they are, <laughs> where they are today. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with the ability of players. You know, what was that first win? It was Minnesota in year one. What was that? That was like. December, the first week of December before they won a game for these players to hold on and fight. Yeah. It was just incredible. Yeah, they were 10 and 1. Yeah. 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 I, I, I happen to be there. That's why it's kind of ingrained into my mind because I, I lost my voice. But um, for these guys to hang on, these young guys, and not to give up and to be locked in with this coaching staff, uh, Mike, I, I, I think it's a build, but I think there's something more to it, right? It, it was an absolute culture you know, inculcation, if you will. Well, it's, it's the procedure. That's why I mean, I'm, I'm struggling. I know we'll get to it a little bit later with all of the positivity around this team. It feels weird. We can all say that, right? As Lions fans, we can say it's weird. It's weird when everybody in the NFL network and ESPN and everywhere is bloviating about how great everything is in Detroit. It feels weird. You're waiting for the rug to get pulled out from under you. I don't want to be Charlie Brown, go to kick the ball and end up on my ass. Um, and <clears throat> The thing that sticks out to me is if you look at it systematically, look at it from the the, the Brad Holmes 40,000 feet. Think about that wide receiver room in year one. Perriman never played. Uh, it was a, What was the other clown? Williams, um, whoever that was. Yeah. He had to come out after Mike the fourth Williams. round and go, yeah, there you go. Tyrell Williams. Yeah. Tyrell Williams. Don't you do the Mike Williams thing. I'm not ready to <laughs> I was, 88 ever. I again. was there for that. Sorry. But but he, he went around and you saw that wide receiver room. It was the worst in the league. And I don't think by a little. By the next year, by the, by the next season, he had completely remade that unit. The offensive line was intact. He had enough to work with offensively otherwise. What happened next? The defensive line. The second year comes in. You look at the defensive line room. It's different from stem to stern. Even with Anza Wurike not working out. You've got Aiden Hutchinson in there. You've got second year Aleem. you got Charles Harris who worked out. He found his guys. This year, don't look now. Take a look at that secondary. Take a look at the back seven. Take a look back there. Bunch of new faces. A bunch of guys that he can match in. And that's the thing that, to me, that is most impressive about Brad Holmes is his ability to take the long view and then match all of the actions successfully with the vision. None of that's easy, man. Well, I feel like, and I will probably get a little into this, but I feel like we walked away from this free agency. You know, free agency is the, is traditionally thought of as the place where you plug in the guys to win now. And we've plugged in some guys to help us win now on some one-year deals, 
But we've also done it with one year deals, not big old boat anchors like Trey Flowers historically. So we're kind of plugged in to win today, but we're set up to win in the future the way Holmes has been drafting and what we have set up in the draft right now. This is truly like a long term systematic kind of plan. I don't know if Lions fans are used to it. I know as a, I'm not. I'm not used no, to it from this no. team. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's used to it because it's sustainable. Oh, that's right. Cool. And like that was one of the big points that I made this weekend when I did uh, a little TV here in Grand Rapids. Thank you, Alec G, for having me on, by the way. Uh, they're not overcommitting. Jesse James isn't on this roster anymore. Emmanuel Mosley is what, $5 million? It's a one-year risk. It's a bet on myself contract that he can prove that he's healthy and the Lions will reap the benefits from that. And you know what? If he likes it here, he just might stay. If he if it doesn't work out, they're not paying him three void years. They're not paying him six million dollars in dead cap room in twenty twenty five because the GM overpays to bring people to Detroit. Like that's that's just not happening anymore. And that is so revolutionary. Nice. <laughs> when like the the dead cap, and I, I remember um Eric Schlitt when I when I moved into the managing editor role at Lions Wire, and I was working with Eric Schlitt at the time, and Eric, and Eric Eric's very good at the cap. And he's like, you're not going to believe the next thing I'm going to write. And it was all about the dead cap and listing out all the people with the dead cap. And I'm like, holy crap, man. Like, that, Now, the Lions do have some dead cap. They have done a little bit with some void years. Um, honestly, a little bit more than I would have liked, but I get it. Um, other than the Jack, the Jack Fox one, I don't get it. That's okay. Um, he's, 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 it's a punter. I'm not worried about a punter. Lockdown punter. <laughs> it's, uh, he's <laughs> locked people down too, punter. Jeff. Um, they are people too. And he's a good one. He's very, and he's also, a, he's a kick ass holder and he will help whoever wins the new long stepping battle. We have a long stepping battle to talk about. Yes. <laughs> this is not exciting. I'm just happy that they're not overcommitted. Like the Jesse James deal always, always, always bothered me from the first time I saw him practice. And it looked like he was stifling diarrhea when he ran. And I'm like, this guy cannot play. And it never got better. And they paid him two seasons after he was gone. They're not doing that with any of these guys anymore. That's now now I know it's not just Holmes. I know it's, it's, it's Disner and um, what's his name. I can see him. I can see him. Brandon something. Um, he's right in front of me. He's, he's, he's sort of the contract guy that works with Michael Disner, who is the cap guru, for lack of a better word. He does more than that, but that's mm-hmm. generally what he's known as. But they are doing a kick-ass. Brandon Sosna. Thank you. Yeah, I you know, I had, um, that's, those guys are killing it. And those guys, compared to what we've come into the past with, with Tom Lewand and various <laughs> others, like, it's not even fair. It's just not fair how good it is now. Well, let me take us from Jesse James colonoscopy prep onward. <laughs> and let's talk about the things that have surprised us in free agency so far. Um, <laughs> I want to start with you, Riz. We, we talked about it and you were I think you were alluding to it a little bit with the overspend piece. But what's your biggest surprise, the biggest takeaway from free agency this year, even compared to last year and in years prior? I would say that the the sharp focus on specific skills is to me 
Like they they went out and they targeted Cameron Sutton. Cameron Sutton is an outside press press and bail corner. That's what he's good at. Emmanuel Mosley, the same sort of thing. They're telling you what defense they're going to run. Then they go out and they get Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who is perfect. He he's he's the Will Harris role, and he's so much better than Will Harris. Like that's 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 where he's at his best. You can see that there's thought into just like roster construction, and like they're not signing people that have that, that are big names that don't necessarily have skills that fit your team. Uh, the the Jets have done a very poor job of that of late, although they're doing better this year. Like the, the Houston Texans, the one the one year the last year I covered them, they signed three cornerbacks. One was a press man cover cover corner. One was a zone guy, and another guy was a guy who couldn't run. I'm like, you got three divergent like. What are you doing here? Like, you, 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 two of these guys won't fit just by definition of what you're trying to do. Like, there's none of that with the Lions. They've clearly thought out a great plan of, of, of exactly how they can help their team and finding guys that do those things that aren't necessarily the, the sexiest names, but they might be the best names for what the job requires. There you go. Michael, what's your surprises? Besides the uh, the jack in the box you got for Christmas this year, what what else is surprised you about free agency with the Detroit Lions? You know, I, I think there's two things. Uh, one's league wide, which seems to be the general managers, teams, owners have have come back to earth. The wide receiver market last year that got completely out of hand. Looking right at you, Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> you know, th- we haven't seen we haven't seen that. The safety market didn't go bonkers. Just ask CGJG. Um, you know, there yeah. wasn't that crazy run on salaries. That's kind of more league-wide. The thing with the Lions, and, and Jeff kind of hit on it without hitting on it, is when you look at these guys, every one of them, especially the, the guys in the secondary, they've all got versatility baked right in. It's a feature, not a glitch. They've got guys that can play safety and slot. They've got guys that can play outside and inside. And they're re-signing the guys that also do that. If you look at a guy like Kaminsky, they bring him back in. Why? Because he can line up anywhere. He can do anything you need him to do, depending on the down and distance. He doesn't have to learn the defense. You can plug him in and go. Um, And I think that scheme versatility for a guy like Aaron Glenn, if we're ever going to give him the tools, I mean, he's taken his fair share of heat, but man, he was, he was making a lot of chicken salad. All right. The last couple of years when he first started (laughs) here, he didn't have a ton to work with despite the numbers. I know they'll say, well, we drafted six guys on defense. Okay. But, but, um, you know, there wasn't a lot there. There's so that's always the thing. a bug. That's the takeaway. <laughs> that's the takeaway for me is that they're going out and finding guys that they can move around, execute the scheme the way Aaron Glenn wants to do it, as opposed to Aaron Glenn figuring out a way to put a functioning 11-man unit on the field based on his roster and what he's got. I think a lot of this like came that together. Last sentence a lot. I think that a lot of this there. came together very purposely, though, for AG later because they knew – they needed to get Goff. Goff. Goff's game, his his biggest impediment to his game is in his head. It's 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 the number one detriment to Jared Goff playing football at the NFL level. They knew that they had to get him what he needed in offense and get him straight and get those wheels rolling down the road for, with that confidence. And I think AG knew, understood that we're year two. That's 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 the plan. That's what we're going to build toward. And that's where we're going to go. And I think AG's getting his guys and they're giving him what he really, really wants this year. I'm excited. That's one of the reasons. I mean, when you look at the competence that we've put in the secondary here, I just I just the the, the defensive side of the ball just smells like pass rush now. 
like in the, in the draft. It's, it's just, it just smells like you, yeah. you're feeling pretty solid out back. You've got what you needed, but you're not going to spend all day trying to get coverage sacks, not in the NFL, right? You need some, you need some meat. Hutchinson can't do it alone. I know the other guys are, 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 you know, top tier guys, but they need some, they need some interior pressure. They need some, uh, probably another guy on the outside. I, I just, I feel like maybe, maybe even a, Riz, a, a nice off ball linebacker to get things going, uh, but <laughs> they just need some guys. I wouldn't mind keep, one. if. Yeah. if if they can get somebody but that's better than Derek Barnes in that 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 role to play next to Anzalone, uh, give it to me. I'd yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, I even have specific, some specific candidates in mind. We know one of them. We interviewed one of them. You interviewed one of them at the Senior Bowl and Diane Henley. He's Yeah. I think what you're gonna see, uh, to your point, Chris, is that they are they have taken largely good care of the secondary now. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about like the long term on it, but yep. they have the room now to take whatever they want. They don't have any glare. As as I had a discussion uh, on the huge show yesterday, and sorry to bring that name up, Greg, but uh, uh, about the coach. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, we talked about. Um, the fact that they're they have two first round picks this year, and neither of them might start. And that's not a bad thing. Like that's that that's where you want to be as a team that you don't have to have your first round guy start week one. The Lions just might be there. Like if they draft anybody on offense, are they starting? Probably not. If they draft anyone on defense, are they starting? Maybe defensive tackle, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe off ball linebacker, but probably not. That's it. Like they're 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 starting twenty two is very largely set ahead of the draft yep. for twenty twenty three. That means that when you're looking at the draft now, you can look at twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, and maybe this is where you start to get into the budgeting thing. And I don't want to jump jump too far ahead here, Chris, but this is where you're talking about when we're looking at who they're paying now and who they have to pay in the future. They're already making those decisions of maybe we're not going to pay this guy. Maybe we're going to draft this spot. And I'll use the example. Last year, the Philadelphia Eagles drafted N'Kobe Dean at linebacker. He played, I believe, four snaps all season. He will be starting this year, and that's part of their plan because they let T.J. Edwards go somewhere else for a lot more money. The Lions are getting to be to that point, and that is a very exciting change. Uh you guys, you guys know my disdain for c- getting compensatory picks. I think it's, I think it's an asinine like. You don't play for that. Like, That's not what you're shooting for. No, no. You, you 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 want to be net spenders in free agency. That means you're bringing in more talent than's going out the door. But they're actually getting to the point where I'm not going to mind it if they get one in a couple of years because they're going to have enough talent and they're going to have a strong enough core that they can let a good player go that you're going to get a cop pick for. I. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be very weird for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with that, I think uh, just w- just on the surprises and free agency, just want to um, finish up. In you know, we saw what yeah. they did when they gave the offense what they needed to perform. We had one of the top offenses in the league. We made Jared Goff a top ten quarterback in the NFL. They're giving the defense what they need to perform, and if they can get a similar output out of those, I mean, realistically, last year with the, the performance of the offense, if they had the fifteenth best defense in the league, they're they're actually going to go pretty deep in the playoffs this this i mean this is a a very big turn for the detroit lions and that's where the the building it for now 
and the future is, I think, for me, the biggest surprise to, to be able to do that rather than historically what we've seen out of the team. We've been able to kind of do pull two levers at the same time. And those are some big arms on Brad John or Brad Holmes. Let me tell you. All right. I want to get to the next next topic we've got here. Um, and this was a good one, Riz. I'm, I'm really glad you, you put this in here. What are the Lions telling us? by not addressing QB two or three at this point. And what aren't they telling us by not addressing QB two and three at this point? This is a, this is a prototypical Brad Holmes move, right? He, he stands on the podium and he tells you things and you don't know what he's telling you or not telling you, but he's telling you everything. He is the, one of the most open book kind of people and tells you exactly what he's doing, but you just can't figure it out. He says the words like it's all like looking back historically, you can say, Oh yeah, he told me that. Right. This is, this is so Riz, this is your question. I want to throw it to you first. What are the lions telling us or not telling us by addressing uh quarterback two and three thus far? So they are my interpretation. And this is my interpretation. That's nothing more than that is that they are telling you that they are going to allocate significant draft resources to the backup quarterback position because anybody that you could have possibly wanted to sign that has experience is gone. Even Josh Dobbs is gone now. Like you're looking at the Nathan Petermans of the world as, as the, the remaining affordable backup quarterbacks. I don't think anybody wants that. that. That might actually be worse than Tim Boyle, although Tim Boyle was benched for Nathan Peterman last year. That it's telling me that they are absolutely looking at the quarterbacks. And this is something that we we've talked about it, Chris. We've we've dropped it on the show back in November. That they have their scouting department has spent more time and resources on the quarterback position this year than they have in either of the last two years by a, a not insignificant margin. Yeah. Uh, and I've been told that by people that do the scouting. Like they're dialed in. So my interpretation is, is that they are, in fact, drafting their number two quarterback this year. And I think it's probably going to be earlier than a lot of people want it to be or expect it to be. And it wouldn't shock me if it's not even at six, but might actually be higher than six. I don't think that's going to happen, but they have left that door open. And just to go back to what you talked about at the beginning, Chris, about how he says things. We had this discussion in Indianapolis with, with some of the other Lions writers and like, you know what he's told us that they're going to draft one early. And he's also told us the one that they, they're probably not going to draft one early. Like you can interpret his words. Like he said, he said everything to give either side of the argument enough ammunition to make a, a real like rational case. Like, yes, this is what he said, or yes, this is what he said. Like it's, it's, it's funky like that. So my personal thing is I don't think they're leaving I don't think they're leaving Thursday night without a quarterback of the let, draft. Let That's me my ask, take on it. Let me ask you, Michael, why is a hooker at 18 barely legal? <laughs> Not so thank you to the for slack that. for that one. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, the, we were just having the free agency conversation and, and what, what Brad Holmes has done, what, what they've done with the roster construction is to open up every door. Single door when it comes to the draft, and you know I kind of hinted at this with that with that first video that I did um, on the channel here earlier. I don't know what day it is. My kids have been packing for a vacation, so I'm a little blurry. At any rate, um, with with leaving all of those doors open, 
with giving himself every opportunity to go in any any direction he wants, the only thing I know from Brad Holmes' previous two two uh, drafts is that he's going to go after a star, someone he believes is a star. And that changes the calculus on everything that's available, including the quarterback position. Because if you look at these guys in terms of their potential, because free agencies for this year, the draft is for all the years. Right. That's the, that's what they've proven that they're doing out yep. there. Brad Holmes is smart enough to know. You know, a lot of people have said like, well, the, the Lions aren't going to be drafting six every year now. Well, they're not drafting six this year. They're drafting 18th. The Rams are drafting sixth. They've already they've already passed that. That's not coming back around. As long as you're at least good enough to be kind of in the middle of the draft, you're never going to have this opportunity again that can't possibly be lost on Brad Holmes. And, you know, I don't I think I want to say the stat, I'm pulling this out of my memory, so don't quote me on it, but I don't think four quarterbacks have ever gone in the top 10 of the draft. I double check that. It's either the top 10 or the top 5, one of the two. Yeah. The, ne- it's never happened. Last year, we were talking about Malik. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 not we, but that? yeah, I know the people were. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there were they were going to I'd rather have- not. <laughs> the Malik truthers. And, you know, and now you're going to have some guys fall. So, you know, to, to Jeff's point, could they jump up to three, get in front of Indy, who will probably have Lamar Jackson playing quarterback for him by then anyway? Um, you know, I mean. That's just me. That's just me talking. I don't know anything. I can prove that in court. Um, I don't know anything. Uh, but, I mean, Jim Irsay is nuts. Um, yeah, Jim Irsay is nuts, and he's yes. going to be desperate, and he's lost out on the top two already. So, Very interesting. I think, yeah, I think I think the Lions are going to pick up a veteran quarterback. I just think they're not signing until after the draft. I think this is part of Holmes. You know, people call it a smoke screen, whatever else. Are they going to three? Are they going barely legal at 18? Are they going to go with a development guy a little down, down a little further the draft? You don't know. That's the beauty of it. Though nobody knows if he signs somebody now, depending who he signs, his hand is out there to see who's getting picked up. Other than Lamar, right? Who's getting picked up as far as a quarterback by any team between now and after the draft that's going to make that big of a difference? I think I think that this is a really, really interesting play for for Brad. And I think it it, it leaves everything on the table for for what he's doing. The idea is if you say if he, if he were to signal I'm ta- if he were to get a, you know, a quarterback three right now, that means he's going to he's he's looking to go to three. He's very, very, very potentially going to three. If not, somebody, you know, he's going to take what quarterback's available. Well, somebody, that makes the Arizona pick super, super valuable. That makes the Indy pick super, super valuable. Somebody's going to want to get in front of him to grab that guy. You don't know now. And that's that's part of, you know, leaving every option available. That's one of the things that Brad Holmes does very, very well. And I think that's one of the things he's playing out. So I expect a quarterback somewhere in the draft. I don't know where I, I, I you know, the, the, the 18 hooker at 18. I think that's that's actually a possibility for him, because I think that's a guy that could potentially fall that far and has a lot of a lot of potential to, to develop into something that the Lions could really use. And then he'll sign somebody to take the hits that if, if Jared's out, that'll take the hits this year. I think that's kind of the plan, but we'll see. All right. With that, we're running low on those. Because, by the way, one one I'll, to answer Gray's question, twenty eighteen, there were four quarterbacks taken in the top ten. They went at one, three, seven, and ten. And the okay. one that so was a ten was five. Josh Rosen, who you can have now. Top five, they just had two. <laughs> um, there were they did go one, two, three in twenty twenty one, 
Um, that was one. Well, it's right in front of me. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, well, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. They're well, one for the three reason- there so far. We don't know about Lance, but the Mormon, Mormon Manziel was a big miss. Well, and the the only reason I bring that up is because you know it was it was a little surprising to me that four hadn't gone in the top five ever. And then when yeah. you look at these four, you you said these are the four that that crack that that exactly. seal. Like exactly. I, I can't. I think we run like into some of the conversations we were having last year. Yeah, exactly. No, you're exactly right, Michael. That's that's one of the things that's. Uh, I like. I like. There's a lot more hype and and, and excitement around these guys typically than than is deserved for the guys that are sitting there, and and you wind up with two out of four that live up to their potential, and the other two are not. And it's it's hard for a lot of people to see which are the guys that are the the ones. I, mean, I just remember the, the the Patrick Mahomes draft where people thought I was crazy for mocking him in the first round and liking him. And where are those people now? Well, well, Riz, uh, an NFL GM disagreed with you and got himself Mitchell Trubisky instead. So let's just hold it back there a little bit, mister. All right. Anytime you can blow your, your number three pick to trade up and take a guy who spent his signing bonus on Axe body spray, you've got to do it. <laughs> All right, with that, uh, let's get on to the next one. A lot to cover today. Will the Lions still target a cornerback in the draft? We we've touched on this a little bit. It feels like the secondary is 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 in good shape, but one of the things that always jumps out at you, and it's not just a Lions thing. It just feels like it because we're so close to home with them. But the big thing that jumps out is cornerbacks are always getting injured. Are we deep enough at the position? Can we bring in some youth? Riz, uh, we talk a little bit, I think, in a little bit about who do we have under contract going on um going forward uh, tell me about what what you're so, seeing for 24 and beyond after the 2023 season the following cornerbacks will be under contract for the detroit lions cam sutton jerry jacobs lucas from last year i can't even remember his first name because he's chase. not played much chase lucas yes that's it they got three guys three that are under contractual. Jerry will technically be a restricted free agent, um, so that you, you have to say contractual control. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it, folks. That's their that's their cornerback room in twenty twenty four as of today. That sort of answers the question. Yeah, I was I was going <laughs> to say the uh, if the question was are they going to draft a corner? Are they going to target a corner in the draft? The short answer is yes. The long answer is yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> because because of what Jeff just said, there's nobody in the building yeah. uh, under contract right now, and you can't possibly have enough depth. And again, going back to those opportunities, this is a great draft for cornerback depth. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot yes, of seniors. Up and down the first two rounds, there are going to be good corners taken, and and you can't you can't have enough of them. And Lions fans know that better than any because we barely had any of them, much less enough. Yeah, I, I the other part of it is is it, for the folks say we'll just draft one next year. <laughs> it takes a little bit, you know. The, the Sauce Gardeners are are few and far between. Like I don't remember the last Sauce Gardener. <laughs> uh, you don't get a guy that plays at a high level in year one. You get a guy that gets burned a lot in year one. <laughs> what a great year to draft a guy, a quality guy, and bring him in with this kind of talent surrounding him to get him used to NFL life and what the NFL game is like. Uh, a little a, it smells a little bit like JMO. 
we did with him, brought him in, knowing he wasn't going to play, but get him a taste of the NFL life, what it takes, what it's required from a player in the NFL, and bring him in and kind of season him up before he really goes out there and plays hard. I see that, you know, the the skill level at playing the wide receiver versus the cornerback position is obviously different. And you, you'd love to have that a guy like JMO year one, gate day game one playing. But I think I understand what they were doing. I think it makes a heck of a lot more sense even doing that at cornerback. Totally with you. All right. All it's right. a great year to need a cornerback. It's a great year yeah, to need a cornerback. You always and need like, a cornerback. Like, <laughs> I, I have my preferences, but any of the top group I'm going to be happy with, like whether it's Gonzalez or or Witherspoon or Banks or Porter Jr. Yeah. Even even dipping into that next tier, like there's some dudes, man. That, that this is a great corner. It's a fantastic year to need cornerbacks and running backs. It's lines well, of set themselves and, up pretty nicely in both, both sets. Yeah. Well, and we all want corners, but allow me to uh, rain on everybody's parade. It's also a great year for tight ends. Let's not do that on the first night, but it's a great year for tight ends. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mel. <laughs> you heard it here first. Liars at six. Oh, all right, hey, I, I missed. You know, so f- one one thing on that, like it is a great year, and I will not. I will not get rid. I will not diss Michael Mayer because I think he's a good player. He's not in my top four tight ends, and I don't think he's in a lot of teams' top three tight ends. He is your do it all jack and jack of all trades, master of none. I don't think that's what NFL teams want now. I think they want either the blocking specialist like Darnell Washington or the receiving specialist like Luke Musgrave or Dalton Kincaid. I don't think that the generic guy is going to be valued very much anymore. So I think. I don't like to criticize Mel because he's responsible for why I get paid. I think he's way the bleep off on this one. <laughs> All right. Uh, really quick. I, I missed saying thank you to BC for the super chat. Thank you, BC. Birthdays today. You guys are a big part of keeping me hyped for the future. Thanks for yeah. that, John. Thank you for joining us on your birthday, BC. What better present than Seriously. hanging out with Gray and, awesome. and Riz and myself? I mean, we're, we're doing this for you, as a matter of fact. That's what we knew it was your birthday. I won't sing. <laughs> We were gonna we were gonna do this yesterday, but we heard it was your birthday today, so we held off, right? Right, guys, right, right, right. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go forward. Let's take a look at um, the new players on the Detroit Lions roster. There's a couple yes. guys you may have heard we picked up. Um, let me just go, Gray. Who's your favorite pickup on the roster right now? Who's who's the guy that you're the most excited about? Uh, Gardner Johnson. I, I you know I'll take the easy. Let me allow me to shoot the bunny. I'll take the layup. Um, Gardner Johnson, just with the versatility he brings to the secondary, the fact that he's got familiarity with Aaron Glenn that's baked right into that situation. There is going to be zero adjustment to Aaron Glenn's coaching style, his vocabulary, any of the things that go into the defensive scheme. All of that makes it really easy, and the dudes bring an attitude in spades. Uh, if you've got a guy like a Jeff Okuda who gets a little up in his head from time to time and can get, uh, you know, mentally locked up, you've got a guy now with a hammer to start breaking those free. I also, you know, I know he's one of your favorite guys. I look at what Gardner Johnson's effect is going to be on Jerry Jacobs, <laughs> and, and I worry for slot receivers because those two back yeah. there jawing the way they jaw, playing the way they play. If if everybody can stay healthy, knock wood and all that, um, I think Gardner Johnson pays off big dividends beyond just the play that he brings himself. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a lot of fun 
<laughs> Jerry, Jerry, you know, you know how much how much I love Jerry. Jerry, though, back there with Gardner Johnson is going to be they are going to play off of each other. I mean, it's it's going to be great to see the we, we saw so much this year. Riz, I mean, you remember at the Senior Bowl it was a great year for it to watch the the communication between the secondary at the Senior Bowl. Guys who hadn't played with each other before, who very, had to be very vocal, right? And 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 and, and talking their assignments and then what their roles are on each play and and watching that happen was great. These guys are going to know their roles and assignments, but they're going to be just as loud. <laughs> it's just going to be something different they're saying. I am stoked to see those guys uh busting some busting some things up. We'll say in the, we got to use the new NFL parlance. We can't talk about busting heads anymore, right? But uh but <laughs> Cracking some nuts out there. I can't wait to see them uh, doing some damage. Those guys are going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be fun. And we know we know that Jerry does like to talk. He just hasn't done a lot of it or as much of it as, as he has. <laughs> Game one gonna, against the Packers. Remember that when he was with with Aaron yeah. Rodgers was one of my favorite all time games of 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 him smacked. I'm sorry to jump on your wrist, but him again with Aaron oh, giving the shit to him that whole first half was so awesome. It was just. Young Jerry out there tearing up the old guard like that was just fantastical. It's like, what? Who are you? <laughs> like, I'm the guy that's about to pick your ass off. That's who I am. That's, and then he ends it with, that, can I get your jersey after the game? <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. That is Jerry in a nutshell. That's why we love him. Oh, man. Cyrus, I didn't mean to jump on you like that. It's just no, I was that, reliving that's, a moment. That, that's, a, that's, that's, that's exactly the direction I wanted to go with, with what Grace said. It was like, that's going to bring different elements to this defense that I think are needed. Like they're, they're a good group. They haven't had like, like Deshaun Elliott was a very good player. Tracy Walker's Tracy Walker will talk a little, but they don't have like the brash. Like I'm going to let you know that I just shut your ass down. They don't have that guy. I think they got two of them now because Carter Johnson's going to turn Jerry into that too. And I like that. I like that in my corners. I'm not normally somebody that likes the braggadocious type, but I like it in my cornerbacks a lot. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those two. I think it's going to be fun to watch them in training camp yelling back at the receivers because Amon Ra will dish it out. He will give it back. And even though he doesn't get much reputation for being that that sort of a guy, Kayleaf will give it out too. And he does not take that. Um, he has been the small little puppy on the Porsche for his entire life, and he likes to bark, bark and bite back. And you're going to training camp this year is going to be epic. Stay by the field that, that has the 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 passing game going on because that's going to be where the action's at, where the fun's at. Yeah, watching those guys uh, work with Jameson. Let's not leave him out. He's going to get a training camp this year. Oh yeah, yeah. and and he's oh. got so much to prove. Uh, I imagine he comes out like a rocket that's it's going to be it's going to be fun and like i said gardner johnson i think is kind of the fuse to that that whole that whole thing he's got to he's got to get all of those guys going and then you know don't forget his bona fides man he's a stud he's back there making plays yeah and the throwback the nfl interceptions last year the throwback that he has with ag is is huge it's it's gigantic that that connection he has to uh, Aaron Glenn is 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 going to be so much those and this is this goes in with the locker room. I mean, people talk about it, but you you go to work every day. If you don't like the people you work with, or you don't get along with the people you work with, I don't care if it's a team sport. I don't care if it's an office job. I don't care if you're spinning wrenches. I don't I don't care what you do. If you don't get along with the people you work with, 
you're going to have a bad day and you're just not going to be the best you at work. Any stretch this team. I mean, it goes from the front office on down. These this is a group of people that is fully devoted to each other. And um, these kind of guys coming in, these kind of dogs to, to give a team, you know, they, they, they built their personality. They built their culture. And I think this year they're, they're going to get their voice. And I think this is what's going to be so much fun to watch is, is seeing them out there with their voice. Riz, I, w- I want to give you because we didn't give you like the full swing of the bat at that. Who's the, the new player that you're the most excited about on the roster? I will shock people here and I will tell you that it's David Montgomery because I think he as a dimension that is somewhere between what Jamal and DeAndre Swift offered last year. And I think that that allows him to potentially be like a big time, like legitimate feature back that they can leave him on the field in all situations. Like they were, they, they did that, but not really. Like you kind of knew when DeAndre was coming in, they're probably not going to run up the middle. You knew when Jamal was in the game, they're probably not going to do much on the outside. They, they might run off tackle, but they're certainly not going off tight end. Like they got a little with David Montgomery, you don't know. Like he can do any of those things, and I think that's going to unlock Ben Johnson's mad wizardry at offensive coordinator even more. Uh, he's he's a different back, and I think it's look. I am going to miss Jamal, uh, no no doubt about that, mm-hmm. and his personality. But uh, I think. That can only take you so far, and I think the dimension that David Montgomery brings for an affordable rate, I might add, is is going to be a lot of fun to watch Ben Johnson work with and out exactly what all he can do. He can do a lot more than what Swift does and a lot more than what Jamal does. Maybe not like the, like the end of the spectrum that either of those two offered, but like that entire middle, he's better than those guys at, at those things. And I think that's going to be really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite. Chris, where are you at? Uh, my favorite player next year is Darnell Wright, but nobody knows about that yet. No. <laughs> I love Darnell. Darnell may or may not have gone at number 18 in a recent mock draft that I participated in. He was my guy. You know, remember senior bowl. And I'm, I'm just, yes. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm crystal balling it. Right. Whatever. Um, he, I loved him. I loved him so much. Him and Edibore, the two guys that just, I, I, I want to embrace and bring into my life in Detroit because those guys are spectacular. But of the new guys, I mean, I have to say, you know, Gardner Johnson's I'm, I'm with Michael on that. He's such a, a, a big piece of the pie. He's easy to say because he is just so, so helpful. I'm I'll just say I'm intrigued by Mosley. I'm intrigued by what he could bring. Again, it, it tweaks up this cornerback a little bit because he, he's got flashes. He shows some real ability. He shows some real skills. I just it's it's that little kind of roll of the dice with the injury that you get from Brad Holmes these days. Levi didn't work so well. I'm I'm just not confident we're going to see Levi in a Lions uniform on field. I, I would love to. I, I hope against hope that we will. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Mosley brings a real interesting little wrinkle to the rest of this. And if he becomes what we think he, he, what they think he could be, I'm in, I'm in on this. I I love the cornerbacks and especially with the way our line looks right now. I mean, I just think we have to be strong in the secondary. Um, I I, I don't want to, I'm not, you know, turden on the, on the defensive line. I just, 
it's not it for me yet. There's, it needs, there's, there's, there's something, right? It's a, it's a cookie without the milk or something. It's just missing a little something, something. So, uh, God, I'm getting hungry now. Uh, <laughs> but it's the one it's, it's the, I, I like Mosley. I think he's the most intriguing guy that we've, we've picked up of the group. So, um, really quick, you, you brought this up, Riz. We'll just have a quick moment of silence for, Jamal Williams, who is no longer with the team. He's moved on to the New Orleans Saints. Um, I did, an, I, I did a, a video about him over the weekend. A lot of people, I mean, it took off a pretty good. A lot of people saw that. Um, it, you know, I'll, for those who haven't seen it, I'll try to nutshell it here. I think one of the things this team is doing is they're basically working with the budget. Uh, Riz used the word pocketbook. Thank you very much for doing that and getting me off the hook with Wisco. But the uh, they, they have a budget and they're just going to pay what they pay for the the players based on productivity at the positions or at position groups. That's where that's like Goff. He's on this team as long as he comes back at the right number. Now, what's that number? I, I guys can, you know, whatever you want. And 40 billion is too much. I don't know. Danny Jones. I mean, look at that. He got he got close to 40. It, the, the salary cap's only going to go up by the time they sign him. What's the percentage of the total is the more that rather than the number, the number is rhetoric. It's rhetoric for agents. It's rhetoric for people who talk about it. It's really comes down to how much of the team's treasure. Cause it's a zero sum game. How much of that treasure are you going to spend on that position? And for that production, that's that if he produces and he comes in at the right number, he'll be back. I think that's literally all it comes down to. And, and uh, we, we've talked about, you know, the moves. They're not going to put themselves in a hole with quarterback. Um, but it's with the Jamal back to Jamal Williams. That's that's what the situation is. It was just a numbers game. And his agent tried to play around the clocks ticking. If you're going to play games, they're not going to jump in on the game. They're just going to get the better deal. Half a million more for or, or something like that for a guy who uh, who gives you the production that Montgomery does. Sorry. Love the personality. Jamal don't like the agent's personality so much. We got to move on. Michael, Michael, tell me I'm crazy. By the way, (laughs) that's why C.J. Gardner-Johnson is in Detroit and not Philadelphia, because his agent made the same mistake that Jamal's did. Funny how that works. well, and there and there's two levels to this, and this is another one of those things where you know you kind of get the idea that Brad Holmes is playing four dimensional chess. There's there's the the simple contract you get a, a an upgrade player a couple of years younger, about the same career carries, um, and a proven producer out of Chicago and Montgomery. You bring him in. Um, you also tell everyone in your organization how things are going to be moving forward, exactly. because if not if not Jamal, then who? There, there are no sacred cows. Right. And the, the, the most important part of this, is for me, I'm, I've, I've immediately in my head, I fast forwarded to about week six. Because for me, the, the Montgomery would have, been my, he would have been my number two choice as far as free agent signings. You, we're going to unlock the offensive line. You're going to see what this offensive line is actually capable of when you have a back that can exploit it every time, all the time. Not when, not when he doesn't have a boo boo. Not when you know. I've got this joke running with one of my buddies. I don't. Yeah, I know you guys aren't um, pro wrestling fans, but there's a guy who used to work with the WWE. And you're S L A W F T soft, and that's how I started referring to Swift. I'm like, this guy soft. I, I, he, he can't get out there. You saw Deuce losing his mind week after week. The body language was so bad because you weren't getting the production that you know is in there. You've seen it. If you can do it once, you can do it again. And 
And then Jamal had his own limitations. Now you've got a guy that falls right in between is going to give you that every time. Uh, and and the other the other guys in the locker room are going to see that. So if there is any emotion, yes. if there is any sentimentality, if there is any like if there are any if there's any butt hurt in that locker room, it goes away when you win games and it goes away when you see your running back produce and it goes away when those offensive linemen see a guy get the eight yards that was there the last time they got three. Yep. Uh, so I think there's a couple of levels to that. And the emotional part of it, I think, is important, too. The big talk you know, that was, you know, the thing about Jamal that they would talk about, uh, you know, the team people in places uh, would talk about was, you know, you'd see Jamal break a run. And it's like, yeah, that was good. But and if that's swift, that's all the way. Yeah. Right. Gone. And that's that's the thing that they keep fighting with with swift is he could. He has it. It's there. We're Just getting Jamal. Do it. We're getting production, do it. but we're not getting Swift. This is going to be an interesting year for Swift, right? It's a contract year. This is his is year to deserve to determine whether he plays in the NFL again. I don't know if the Lions will resign him. I really don't. No matter what he does this year, I, I don't know that the Lions will resign him just because of what's happened. But if he expects or wants to play in the NFL going forward, he has to have a, a year. You have him on contract. You're not going to get anything from him in a trade. This is your shot, man. How hungry is he? Is is he hungry? There's no no point in trading him. There's no point in cutting him because what he offers is something that your offense can absolutely use. And you're, you're banking that Scotty Montgomery is going to be a different coach and a different voice that can help get some, get that greatness that's there out of him more than 1.5 games a year, which is exactly what he's offered in each of his first three seasons. He's good 1.5 games a year. The rest of the time, he's a below-average running back. If they can get five games out of that, that's awesome. That's great. That makes he's, the Lions that much better. He's got to be hungry. That's, that, he's that's why they got won't give to be up hungry. Because if he's not, I see him as a mid-year casualty. I honestly do. And, the, and And they may just pick somebody else up because he has to perform at some level this year. Because he's one of those guys that could get traded to the to a, a desperate team. Like, like, let's say the Bengals lose um, Samaje Pierre. They lost Pierre. They're backup running back behind Joe Mixon um, in week five, and it's before the trade deadline. They need somebody that can come in and like get eight to ten carries a game. Like, they could trade for Swift then. Like, a, and it won't be more than like a conditional sixth round pick or something like that. But that's yeah. If if he's not getting it done, that's that's his fate, and that's it's a shame because there is more talent in him than that. We've we've all seen it. Sets go out more than 1.5 games a year. Yeah. 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 He's, 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 it's right here, Steve Wilds. He's electric when healthy, but availability is, is one of the number one abilities of an NFL player. And it's that's number just, one. Yeah. It's number yeah. one. Yep. There you go. Well, all right. Don't, don't believe the hype about OBJ, all this crap. He's not going to get $20 million. No. Just stop. AC. The same CL twice in 16 months. He's been on injured reserve more than he's not been over the last eight years. Nobody's yeah. paying 20 million for that. Yeah. Certainly not. Detroit had to go off on that. Going back really quick to what Michael said about um, Montgomery behind that line. Oh, Hank's tanks. Is that what we're talking about? That sweet new shirt that was won by our very own um, commenter in the YouTube, Zach's Ion. This shirt is available for purchase right now at DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store. Head on in there. Great, great shirt. Hank's 
tanks it's uh got all the guys caricatured out hang sam behind him the detail on it is amazing head on over to detroitlinespodcast.com slash store get your shirt and also there's a sweet new ed hardy version of the ftp although it's written out there the, the dagger through the cheese get your f the packers shirt and have a good time <laughs> with it it's a lot of fun all right good stuff detroitlinespodcast.com slash store all right we have jamal williams to the New Orleans Saints, wish him the best, except when they play against the Lions this year. He's he's a great guy. Love his personality. Love what he gave to the team. Love his heart, his soul. Hard knocks is all you have to see to see how committed he was. Sucks that he, you know, it didn't work out, but wish him the very, very best, except when we see him. But moving on, it is time to get ready for this is Michael's Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was in August, but no one's waiting that long. Michael, what do you think? Is this the week? I mean, is this really Shark Week? I mean, well, I mean, it was either it was either Shark Week or the song, right? And I don't think anybody wants <laughs> no, to hear the do 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 thing. Nope, 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 It gets in there, man. Um, I, you know, every single time that he shows up on my Twitter feed and he hasn't been signed, I'm just imagining Brad Holmes as Thanos like and where'd that bring you back to me um you know it's if he's not got a competitive market if he's not got an offer that's going to blow him away you can save the move you can stay in this offense where you know you can be prolific he played what 11 games last year right I think it was uh, I think it was 11 games mm-hmm. you know he still has the injury concerns like we were talking about earlier the wide receiver market hasn't been the not so crazy land that it was last year where everybody was getting paid. Even Amon Ross St. Brown was like, I love being a wide receiver. I can't wait to win the lottery. But Michael, uh, all what, of that stuff is cool. Even with the insanity of last year, he didn't get paid. That's one of the things I think people are kind of missing, right? Last year was crazy for wide receivers and he got a decent deal with, with, with Detroit, but it wasn't anything near what everyone else was getting. Does I just, I mean, I, I know he was injured. He was injured this year. I don't know that he's right. going out in a depressed year this year and suddenly getting the giant contract. Right. I mean, you're, you're, you're banging on the door right there, right here, right now. This is the world he's living in. And Thanos sitting there smiling, right? <laughs> No, one for 10 last year, right? That was the deal after Jacksonville decided they could move on without him and sign old boy from Arizona. uh, You know, you bring him back in for a year or two, maybe even save over that initial offer. You know, I, I just think you see, you see some guys go out with resentment, Jamal Williams, Gardner Johnson, they leave their old organization. Makes an awful lot of sense, man. You're going to put up some numbers in this offense. You're going to, you're going to get a chance. And he looked he looked pretty sharp the last six, seven weeks of the season when he was catching those bombs. So I just, I think there's opportunity for him here and it makes all the sense in the world, especially if he's not being blown away by the offers. Now, having said that he will sign a contract within three minutes of me logging off. Absolutely. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm going to go check That's right now. Kiss Riz, <laughs> Riz weigh in on shark. Oh, just... <laughs> so, uh, about a week ago, pre-wrote the DJ Shark Science with the Carolina Panthers article. And I haven't published it yet. I also haven't deleted it. Haven't touched it. It's ready to go. I just have to like insert the tweet that has the details of the thing in it. Uh, I am not deleting that because I still think that's probably where he's going to wind up. Just a guess. I don't know. I think the Lions made peace with the fact that he was going to be 
gone. Riz and with the premature it, composition again. God dang it. <laughs> I do uh, no comment. I, I pre-write things a lot. Um I have already I, I will actually show it to you, Chris. I have pre-written who the Lions are drafting at numbers two at number six and one at number three. I will send you those names because uh, <laughs> I, I want you to, 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 to hit the boat horn at some point that I was right. Look at you right now. I long for that reaffirmation. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy Lee. Um, I lost my thought truth on thinking about Tommy Lee again because I just saw a picture of him. He's got like weird tattoos on his face now. That's a bad look. Oh, look at man. your face tattooed. Yeah, ten, ten, sorry, sorry. ten. What? Fifteen years late for a bad look? That's really a tough way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Right. So I would just say that I think that the Lions made peace with the fact that DJ Shark wasn't going to be back on the team, and if he is coming back to the team, it's going to be with his tail a little bit between his legs, quite frankly, because I think he thought that he was going to get more elsewhere. And he's been he's he's visited with the the Panthers. He's visited with the Chiefs. He's been in contact with a couple of other teams, and it just has the like you said, Mike. The the, the market isn't there, and for him to come back to that, like that's a chance for him to say, okay, I'm. He'll have to come back contrite a little bit. Like I'm sorry, I thought I was going to get more, and it didn't happen. Uh, because Chris, I think you will verify this that they did tell him what. They would pay for him. Mm-hmm. They did that with Jamal. They did that with a couple of other people. Kaminsky. Let the Evan yep. Brown like this is what we will give you, and they were true their words. If Shark realizes that he's not going to get more than that, he could come back. But it's going to take a little bit of humble pie for him, and he also has to realize that he is not that. They've already replaced him with Jamison Williams. Like they have to get somebody else in that can do something else. Um, it's not a great wide receiver draft. It's a weird wide receiver draft. That's, um, that's something that we're for right now. That's like there's a lot of guys that can do like be like your number two, number three wide receiver. There's, there might be like Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably a number one. Maybe Addison. Maybe um, all the other guys you're like looking for a specific role, and the Lions can pick from which role they want there. Shark does give you a little bit more than that, but you're going to pay more than that. So I'm not, I'm not sure that they have it in their calculus budget to do that. I, I actually, I, I still think he's going to Carolina, but I don't know that. I think, yeah, I th- that's the the weirdest part about the wide receiver market being so depressed this year is the wide receiver market in the draft. I would expect that it would be flush with wide receivers based on what people are getting paid this year compared to last year. I would think that exactly. they'd be pouring out. You're going to get a number one anywhere in the first round, right? Something, something crazy like that. That's not the case. This, this, this wide receiver, there's a, or this draft, there's a dearth of wide receiver, number one wide receivers in the draft. You would think that picking up guys, free agent guys would be expensive and there'd be a massive fight, but the, the market just collapsed. Everybody's going to run the ball this year, Michael, right? Well, and that is, that's not, that's not nothing. There has been this thing that has been happening uh, with offenses and and everything is cyclic. It's a copycat league. Insert your favorite cliche here. And all of those things happen, especially in Detroit. What do they want to do? They want to run the ball. What was the big deal at the end of the year last year as teams made a playoff push? It was the one that the Niners made for McCaffrey because they wanted a dynamic playmaker. It's why I will take all of the rotten tomatoes people want to hurl at me 
and wonder out loud whether or not Bijan's not in play at 18. I mean, it. I realize nobody does that. You don't take those guys there. Well, you do if that's the lifeblood of your team. You do if you want to keep Jared Goff alive. You do if that's how you're going to focus your offense. If it runs through the backfield, well, then the guys at the backfield are kind of important. Um, you know, it's also why safety play is important. I was That's been the big surprise for me is not the wide receiver market where I feel like the draft has got two outside guys and about 35 power slot receivers. But um, the, the safety market hasn't been... Sure, that, sure. That's what it looked. I mean, is that not what it looks like, Jeff? A little bit, like yeah. There, there, there's receivers. a lot of yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of Xavier Hutchinsons of the world. <laughs> yeah, a, a <laughs> the Lions met with him. The Lions met with him at Iowa State's pro day. There's my breaking news, and uh, <laughs> they like him. We saw him at the Super yeah, Chris. He's a good, good player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, Good I do think those. Fourth I round. do think the the game coming around with the focus on the run game and the importance of it um, as defenses completely retooled to cover pass offenses. Right, they they've completely remade their secondaries. That we're now running two linebackers. You see that in Detroit because there's no more three linebacker sets. You're in nickel all the time. Okay, well if you're in nickel all the time, let me introduce you to Saquon Barkley. He'll be the guy kicking your teeth down your throat for the next three and a half hours yeah. because you don't have anybody on the field that can defend him. It's not, it's not without merit. It's not all the way there yet, but it's, it's, you're not wrong to mention that. No, no, it's, I, I, I think it's the cycle. evolution. I think it's the evolution that's, that's, that's inevitable. Where it, it always keeps going like that. They're, like, remember back in the early night, the 80s, into the 90s, and, and defenses started doing the 3-4 defenses because you got more linebackers on the field because the teams tried to run the ball more. <laughs> Then what was the counter to that? The run and shoot. You got four linebackers on the field. We're going to put four wide receivers on the field, bitch. Defend that. And and we're going to, we're going to run out of that. And then they're like, Oh, we got it. Now now we're running four, one, six defenses. Now you got your power backs. That's when your, your Michael, Michael, the burner returners came back. Like the backs that could attack. Like you're starting to see that cycle come back the other way. Uh, I think you're, I think you're absolutely on to something there, Gray. And uh, uh, John at 18 is not something that I'm crazy about, but I also don't think that it's possible because I think he's going to be a Washington commander. I think that's one of the least well-kept draft secrets of this year is that he I, is their draft floor. I'm blocking that out because I don't want that to happen to B. John Robinson. He seems like a nice human. Yeah. So, well, hey, they might, they might for- be selling that team. It might be selling that team to somebody in Canada. Maybe. So. I'm just getting dizzy because all the blood is rushing out of my head talking about the run and shoot. My <laughs> God, I love those years. <laughs> those were the years. Oh, Miles Davis. When your number you. four wide receiver, when, when, when Azahir Hakeem is catching 80 passes and is fourth on the Rams, <laughs> they're passing chart. That's. That you have Barry Sanders. Times, man. Oh, you have Barry Those Sanders. See the run and shoot. What a Tecmo, what, what Tecmo a Bowl time. around like 1991, 92 when I worked at Cedar Point. Oh. I always played as the Lions because they had the, the wide receiver. They didn't have a quarterback, but it didn't matter because the quarterback and, and the game was dumb. You could throw anywhere yep. all the time. It was great. Oh God, those oh, were the days. Those were the good, good times. days. All right, so it's Chark Week. Wherever he signs, I, I feel like you're right, Michael. I think this is the week that he signs. I I just it smells like 
It smells like chum in the water here in Detroit. I think I think Chark's coming back. I re- I really do. I think he's it's the right kind of situation. He's going to be able to make you know good money in a great place and 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 enjoy coming to work every day. Um, I go back to that game ball that uh, Campbell gave to him at the end of the season, talking about being a guy who came in, you don't know anybody, and uh, how hard it is. And kind of pointed that out and, and, and really brought him in. I mean, I, I mean, he was there, but I mean, it really kind of embraced him in that, that Campbell bear hug. I, I just think that Chark understands what he has here. I think a lot of players understand it doesn't make up for money. There's, there's guys there that it's all about the money and they just want to get the bag. I just don't think that those are necessarily the guys the Lions are, are, are pulling in in these kinds of situations. Again, part of the filter on that is is running a budget on the players you sign. You're not if you're not signing the guy that's after the bag. You're saying, hey, Kaminsky, I'll give you this. If you can get it somewhere else, more power to you, man. Love you. Love you. Go do that. We're proud of you. Go go make all that money. But if you like what we got here and you like this amount of money, you don't have to move your family. You don't take your kids to another school. Any of that kind of, we got something for you. And for a lot of guys, that means something. And I, I think about, you know, the difference between players even five, eight years ago. I say kids just because I'm a grumpy old bastard. But I think about kids today versus <laughs> five, eight years ago and even 15 years ago. There's a different makeup, man. There's a different makeup. It's a totally different vibe. And uh, it's it's not like it used to be. Uh, not to say that those they're not. They don't want to get paid. Not to say that the money isn't important because that's that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just I think the bag grab is not the only thing anymore. I, th- I really do. Michael, tell me I'm nuts. I am. No, I I think you're onto it. I I just like that we all went to a fireside chat with Grandpa to get there. Like, oh God! Like it, yeah. <laughs> oh. Gather round, kids. Let me tell you I... about when people used to like money. Second, I said that. Damn it, kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right so let's move on from the old the, the grandpa homer joke <laughs> grandpa simpson we'll move into what changes have been made to the draft plan i'm going to issue going to michael and go right to your <laughs> uh so we we've seen what we've signed we've seen what the what the the plan is thus far um the draft plan remains a little bit of a mystery. Put your, your Brad Holmes hat on, sit back, think about what you would do, and and talk to us about how has the draft plan changed based on what we've signed so far. Uh, we talked about the, the secondary earlier, easy for me to say, specifically cornerback. And I don't think that's changed at all. It is still a pressing long-term need, and it wouldn't surprise me if they took one at six, well, it would a little bit at six, 18 or either of the second round picks or combine, put those two hands together and move back up um, as Colton Pouncey from the athletic did. He just did it for a tight end. Uh, I can see him absolutely doing that for a cornerback um, or pairing in and 12 ish. Um, because the, the, the Titans are quietly going in build and need a lot of picks and they're at 12. So they're, they're, they're camp. I think signing Graham Glasgow buys you a year at on your offensive line in terms of like needing a starter. And uh, for the people that are still begging for, for big V to be gone, if they were going to cut him, they would have cut him already. I, I don't get any sense at all that they want him gone. Maybe they're going to make him save. I hope they save. I hope they do save money on it. I might actually have that rewritten too. 
We'll see. I, I, I'll just um, tell you, you'll probably but, see Big uh, V riding a shark in this week. But we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that um, if they want, if, if if Big V was not on this team today, and adding in Graham Glasgow means that one of them is the replacement for for our friend who went to Seattle, Evan Brown. And the other one will be your utility lineman or starting right guard. I think I still think they need one, but I don't think it's as urgent. Now, if they go and spend eighteen on Darnell Wright, I'm not going to be upset at all. I'm not going to be terribly surprised at all. But I think I think offensive line got pushed down. I think it's it was a, it was something where it was a very serious possibility that it could have been at six if there was any linemen that are worth six, and there aren't any. 18, maybe, but I think more day two now. Maybe, maybe my guy, Nicro, <laughs> my dude from Ole Miss gets, gets in there. Maybe like I'm actually wrapping up the, uh, the, the bottom end of the offensive line. I've seen some guys that I kind of like. Um, so, some weird guys that I didn't expect to like, um, that might fit. So I, I think that's probably changed. And I do think that quarterback keeps going up the list. Um, don't don't sleep on Torrance and your O line stuff either. Just so you know. Oh, I'm not a big fan of his. I, don't don't I know we went to Florida. I don't mean to diss that, but I'm no, no. Don't worry about. It. I'm not as big. I'm not as big as fan. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, it's not a Florida thing as to why I'm into him. And and I saw him. Yeah. And we saw him at Senior Bowl. We saw what we saw. Right. We didn't talk was, a lot about he was him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We didn't talk he a lot about fine. him for a reason. He wasn't yeah. right. 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 Uh, but but yeah, no, I just I just wouldn't wouldn't sleep on him for the Lions. Just so you know. Yeah. The other thing I'll say with the quarterback is I answered a question on Twitter where somebody asked me what the biggest offensive needs were. And it's quarterback. They literally only have one quarterback on the roster. And we talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. That action is telling you they're drafting one because all the free agent options that you could possibly want are gone. And Brad Holmes stood and looked. He he literally did look into my eyes when he was giving the answer and said, I've got to do better at the backup quarterback spot. He was looking right at me and the two people that were standing next to me, um, and one of them's taller than me, one of them's shorter than me. That's the only clue I'll give. <laughs> but uh, and you'll know who that is, um, the taller one anyways. And we looked at each other afterwards. We're like, okay, they're drafting one. And that keeps being what he's telling you. They're drafting a quarterback probably <laughs> earlier than you think they are. Michael. Yeah, think? I think, it, 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 well, let me, let me give a really unpopular answer because it doesn't follow the, uh, the talking head show format. I don't think the moves in free agency have done a damn thing to the draft plan. I don't. I think, if anything, it's loosened it up. I don't think it's gotten more restrictive. And if you're Brad Holmes, this kind of goes back to what I was trying to say earlier in, in my other my other video entry. If you're Brad Holmes, you've got a list of what? Maybe three names, regardless of position. you got maybe three names that are good enough to be the sixth best player in the first round. So at least as it pertains to the first pick and then 18, he's going to take the guy that's sitting on top of his board. At that position. That's who he's going to take. And now he can. And it doesn't matter what the position is. It doesn't matter offense, defense. It doesn't matter skill position. It doesn't matter line because they've done enough in free agency to shore up the immediate holes for weeks one through six, one through eight, whatever that looks like. 
And, and now they've got more options than less. I don't think they've narrowed anything down. I think all doors are open, and he can take the best damn player on the board, period. I think right. Can I break breaking news? I just Jay, got a text. Jay, uh, Jalen Reeves Maven <laughs> is back in Detroit. <laughs> he is signed. Um, it was sent to me by a Texan person who uh, I warned that, that JRM was going to be great. I, I will just tell you, Texans fans despised this guy for his tenure in Houston. Now, Houston was not a very conducive environment for anything over the last couple of years, but he was not good there. So the fact that he's back, that's very interesting to me because the, he is entirely superfluous with Josh Woods and who was the other linebacker. Looking at him, and I can see I'm, my mind is spaced out tonight. They have two special teams linebackers already, Pittman, on the team already. That's all Jalen Rees-Maven will ever be. So that's to, if that's their linebacker movement, it very well could be like that. I, I hope not. I, I, know, I can tell you this. I know Holmes doesn't spell Chark J-R-M. I know that much. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah, I think this, this Viva is. Viva la fit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We do love sure. Dave Fim. <laughs> he's, he's he's a rock star. Um yeah, special team camp body. I mean that's 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 what you're looking at with, with Jerry. I mean, he was I mean he was cut from what oh six God. days ago? Something like that, six, ten days ago from Texans, so <laughs> it's no big deal. Doesn't change anything, Riz. So two different text two people who cover the Texans now have texted me. They're both like, he's your problem now, bitch. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks, Cody. Oh man. <laughs> They really didn't like him there. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one, man. I thought he was, I mean, he is what he is, but he was, he was a good team guy, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was on board he, with the he's plan. He's a great guy. He is a great guy. Yeah. I've, I've interviewed him before. Like, he's a smart, like, he's, he's a special teams linebacker. That's all he will ever be. If you ask him to be more than that, you're going to be disappointed. I hope that they didn't pay him to be more than a special teams linebacker. And it is weird, though, that they now have three of them who are strictly special teams linebackers. Like, you're not going to carry seven linebackers on this team. You've got your seven now. I'm, I'm assuming that one of these specialists won't make the team, but this, this, it's a weird time to be signing random low-end free agents to your roster. That's not the weirdest That's thing I've heard all week, though. I mean, Deshaun Watson screaming for Cleveland to grab Hooker is just crazy. I just don't understand why he would want that. But um, so, yeah, JRM coming back to Detroit. <laughs> Instead, they got a rocket scientist in Josh Dobbs, a good kind of rocket scientist. I miss Josh Dobbs. I love that guy. Oh, as opposed to the human pencil holder we watched on the sideline in Allen Park. Oh, man. About as useful as a bag full of fake penises. <laughs> hmm. Riz, top of mind, eh? <laughs> okay. That was oddly specific. <laughs> a quick quick view into the mind of a Riz. All right, we'll move on. That's what we because that's what we do when these please, things happen. Yes, go. <laughs> yes. Yes, please, please progress. Just take a let's not stay here. <laughs> let's just I, I suffered through Grandpa Simpson for a moment. Let's just take a moment and think of Riz in his bag of <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no Dan Campbell. Like an off-ball meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> Premature composition, off-ball meltdown, and now a bag of... Boy, Riz is in a tough, having a tough day today. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's been a long day. It's definitely been hard. My Twitter is <laughs> what I woke up to, and from there, it's not gotten better. <laughs> it's, it's been a hard one, right, Riz? All right, Dan Campbell preparing the team to meet new expectations. This is an interesting one. Again, Michael, I appreciate this is a great, great topic because it hadn't really occurred to me yet. Dan Campbell has a team last year that what three win team, right? Nobody was expecting a whole, everyone was six wings, six, six wins was the consensus number for the Detroit lions last year. If they get six, then they're on the, you know, they're, they're, the rebuild is working. We're okay. They come out with, with nine wins at the end of the year, exceed expectations. They have this incredible free agency period so far. I mean, far more than folks anticipated especially after last year everyone said last year was kind of a boring duddish kind of a thing this is just a lot of big big swings and hits here and then you have the draft coming with all kinds of capital expectations for dan campbell this year and for the detroit lions this year are going to be extremely high they have to perform and if you think about what that looks like if you're dan campbell and you're the lions you have to meet those expectations. You can't you can't come in and win 9 games this year. You can't win 8 games this year. All this credibility, everything you've built up at this point becomes fleeting. Michael, when you have to prepare a team with expectations like this, talk about the difference for Dan Campbell. Talk about some of the things that he really really has to hit on this year. Well, it's a, it's a different job. What he's proven over the first two years is that he is a master motivator. You get, it started, you know, we, we forget because we were slaves to the moment. The nation became aware of Dan Campbell and hard knocks. You know, aside from the stupid kneecap thing that is still just being driven into the dirt by the national media, the hard knocks really was when everybody kind of woke up. Like, this is how this guy is doing things. He's talking about drowning people and three toes and one ass cheek and all of this other stuff that he threw out there that made everybody wonder if he was half a lunatic. And then and they saw the team come around. Don't forget about you know, these nuts. Sorry, he was talking about those and too. All, <laughs> he was on the Riz train there. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got a whole bag of them. Um, but. <laughs> So then you, you've got all of that, and then the team stinks out loud for two months. And they come out and absolutely lay an egg. The defense can't stop anybody. They lose all of those games. He turns it around, and the Lions are playing winning ball at the end of the year. But the entire thing is still the underdog. It's still the nobody likes us. It's Aaron Rodgers going on with McAfee and going, you can't lose to that team. Uh, it's all of those things. When you're the favorite, when you've got to find a way to keep people from getting full of themselves, from getting ahead of themselves, from reading the press clippings, looking right at you, Jameson, you've got to get, uh, you've got to take a completely different approach. It's a whole different ball game, and you're already seeing it with the guys they brought back. You bring back Kaminsky to keep people's head in the game. You side Gardner Johnson. He's not going to let anybody get carried away. He was just in the Super Bowl. Guy knows what it takes. At the end of the day, this team still hasn't done squat. They haven't been to the playoffs. They haven't much less won a game. And and that really, for for Dan Campbell's growth as a coach, which is still happening, it's only year three, um, that is going to be an amazing challenge. And selfishly, as a Lions fan, it's the one thing that keeps me awake at night because I keep waiting for Lucy to pull the damn football out from in front of me and end up on my ass. And if there's any way that could happen, it would be something like this, right? It'd be like, oh, no, they're going to kick everybody's ass this year. They're going to be great. They're going to win the North. And then at one in five, you're sitting in October going, well, what happened to the thing? We were going to do the thing. Remember we were going to be the thing? And this is going to be Dan Campbell's job. This is where he's going to have to prove his mettle and really grow. 
Riz, this is it. This is the shoe on the other foot. We can't lose to that team now. I will just say what you just said, Gray, is exactly what the 2021 Cleveland Browns were. That was a team that won a playoff game in Pittsburgh with the reigning NFL coach of the year. They won, by the way, with him locked in his basement with Coach Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. Everybody's picking them to do everything great in 2021. And you know what? The coach wasn't as good. The quarterback wasn't as good. They got some bad injuries and they tanked and they have not recovered. And they made a panic move to bring in Mr. Massage Therapist uh, himself. I really don't want to live through that again. That was an awful, awful year. Uh, Because at that time, remember at that point, I was running both Lions Wire and Browns Wire. The Browns were supposed to be like my happy story. (laughs) I knew knew the Lions were going to be very good. The Browns were supposed to be the uplifting, like, like, yes, let's make Jeff happy today. That didn't happen. So I am more than a little worried about what you just laid out because I've seen it firsthand how quickly the coaching star just shoots into the earth and, and into a big pile of crap. Because I saw that with Kevin Stefanski, and if you would have told me at this point in, in middle of March 2021 that Kevin Stefanski was going to like have to defend himself for his job now, I would have laughed in your face. I might have spit on your shoes, but that's exactly where they're at now. At least it's someone in the head with that bag of dicks. I, I, oh, yeah, you got to watch out for the bag of dildos. You never know when they're going to hit you in the head. Wait, what? No, the key, this keeps changing. How many bags have you got, man? Building a, a wing in that house out there. <laughs> it's got a lot of work to do. My luggage is right here. I'm ready to uh, ready to ready to pull some things out. He's that guy with the uh, pickup that's, that's sagging because there's so much weight in the back. Let <laughs> me get that through TSA. They're gonna have some questions. <laughs> Those are questions I'd like to answer. Actually, sir, no oh, lithium batteries. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably what we used to do. It's like when, you, when you're trying to smuggle drugs across the border, they get you busted because you have a, like a, a rogue avocado in your car, and they're like, you can't import fruit in the United States. That's illegal. Yes, yeah. that actually happens to people. You know, the, I, that it's surprised the that I know. Me. When I lived in California, they have a, they have a stop like a, like it's it's like the like a toll booth, but a lot like going to Canada, and they check your fruits. <laughs> yeah, they're looking for fruit, man. Yeah. They, they serious? That's that's a very real thing. Yeah. I did not know that until I didn't expect it. No. I got a bring an avocado into the United States from Mexico. Like holy shit! Like, <laughs> deal time for it. Believe it or not, it's another it's reason my, that I live in Montana. It, yeah, yeah. That's maybe my fruit alone. I'm coming up there. You must God. secure order. Do they have fruit in Montana? Riz, you got to get the family to stop making. There. You got to get the family to stop making popcorn, man. You're popping in and out like crazy. <laughs> Just as well. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, Campbell. I mean, they're, they're, the expectations are through the roof for this team this year. There's absolutely no question. Um, it's, it's, it's different. It, it is an absolute different task for Dan Campbell and the crew. Different job. Yeah. And it's, you know, yes. being the underdog, you talk about it. Jerry's talked about it as, as you know, they've picked up Cam Sutton and some of the other guys. He's like, oh, you know, you can sleep on me. He loves being an underdog. He lives to be an underdog. That's where he finds his, 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 um, his juice, right? That's what drives him. And it's a lot different to come in as the as the favorite than it does to be the underdog. And, you know, 
you're when you're not the favorite. When you're the Detroit Lions, people often look past you. And you sometimes get a chance at games that you otherwise wouldn't have if they took you seriously. The Lions now are going to be taken seriously every game. I, I have to say, though, the one thing about Brad or Dan Campbell is he takes every game that seriously. And his intensity is, is I think, the thing that will win the day and help them be able to make that shift from the underdog to the de- team that can't lose that game. Now, they're going to lose that game once in a while. That happens to everybody. It happened that we talked about the Patriots alluded to them earlier. It happened to Kansas City. They it happens to all the teams. The difference is the big teams, their fan bases don't melt down and say, same old Patriots right, or whatever else. And they lose a game that they should win. That just happens. That's the nature of the NFL. But if if this team is looking at eight, nine losses, three quarters of the way through the season, I don't know. That I'm gonna. I don't know that they will have achieved what they should have. There, there, there is likely. I mean, it's either a massive injury or a series of injuries that put them in that position, or this has all been smoke and mirrors. And uh, there's, there's, there's something to be worried about that we're not smelling here. The, the Browns, the stink of the Browns, could be up across the Erie. I never called like eerie, the eerie, but it's, it's, it's eerie (laughs) in this case. So we'll just leave it at that. All right. It's been a long day. It's been a long show. Um, Michael really love having you on, man. Love having you as part of the the team here. Your video was spectacular. There's, um, there's a little something you were talking about. I don't know. I, I hope you do a video on this, the, the, the kind of Seahawks Detroit thing. I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but I, that's just so smart, like such a smart comparison and, and, and thought process. I haven't seen anybody put that together. I, I, if, if you get a chance to do that, I think people would absolutely eat that up like a, like crazy. I don't even want to say like anything, but <laughs> cause it'll be dirty and horrible, <laughs> but, but I, I think people will actually love it. <laughs> the bags are risen. No more bags. <laughs> bags so, <of> stuff. <laughs> it is absolutely fabulous to have you. I'm, I'm really glad you joined us. It's, it's awesome. Look forward to everything you're doing. Riz. I, I kind of, I, I don't want to look past you, right? Cause you're always here, but I love having you. It's been a great conversation and thank you for bringing Michael into the fold. That was, uh, that's ideal, man. I am so happy he's with us. Um, he's been a, a good friend for a very long time. And uh, if I, I, the more the merrier, man. Uh, the oh, more yeah. that we can do, the more the more viewpoints that we can provide and perspectives, I think the better we are. And I, I love it. Yeah. No, man, and, this is this is fun. It's been a long time since I've had a chance to uh, to do anything like this. So I appreciate the uh, space in your yard here. Well, it's great. It's great. That's the one thing we talk about is the different voices, different opinions. The last thing I want to do is agree with Risden because then I'd have a house full of bags of dicks and other things. <laughs> I, I, I we the idea that we have different voices, have different opinions. Just wait. You those closets behind it's them? Poor they're, wife. they're locked. They're locked with a deadbolt for a reason. No, the <laughs> <laughs> well, my um, ticket to ride came <laughs> that's what you call it uh so this <laughs> this is this is this is great this is all about the different voices and i don't want people that we agree with that's the thing we're after is, is as much you know diversity of opinion yes. and diversity of thought as we can challenge each other i love having my mind changed by a good argument um, and I mean that in like a lawyer sense, not a, like we're coming to fisticuffs kind of thing, but a good, you know, I love to, to have that kind of conversation. You really bring it and you bring it in spades, Michael. So thank you for joining us. Um, I want to tell everybody out there, make sure to hit the like the button, the subscribe button. We, we ask you to do it once a show, please hit those, those help us out, help other people find us and, uh, get, get our faces 
and maybe our voices in, in some cases out there, which is our better case, uh, help people find us and helps show a lot, helps us do what we do and, and put all this stuff together. Also, um, I have to do the whole thing where I go to the next slide and read my thing, <laughs> which, which is don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You get access to the Slack chat, which is the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. We have a good time in here, but you can't beat what's going on in the Slack. Those guys get, and gals get the, the, the kind of preview of what's going on. They get the Riz. We'll get you in there tonight, Gray. Uh, and we'll get, and we've got Ash, we've got Sam, man, we got everybody hanging out there. Scott in the, in the Slack, great stuff. Got a great dust channel where we, we talk about things like my, what's going on with Vitae, what might be happening with Vitae, some of the other things going off the lines. Great place. As little as $5 a month to the Patreon gets you into the Slack chat, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. There you go. Get in there. Also follow us on Twitter. As you see under each name, uh, Michael Gray, the, at the Michael Gray on Twitter at Jeff Risden and at det lions podcast all three of us pants free at the same time that's the only way to be on twitter it's the only way to podcast as michael knew he had to sign the contract to be without pants to do this um, it's just part of the deal that was probably the the biggest bump we had to get over and i'm not gonna go there that calls on skype detroit lions podcast all one word detroit lions Ask podcast anybody. <laughs> it's all true our calls in the lions line 248-782-8384 248-RUB you fog whatever what a better way to get in touch with us um riz we want people to go to detroitlionspodcast.com we want them to subscribe to the podcast and then like and subscribe and all that stuff but there there when they go to detroitlionspodcast.com what happens what's the magic riz i get to come into your ear holes automatically and, and really who wouldn't want that i mean that's life <laughs> gray's dead <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> He's like, what the hell did I sign up for? Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs> and I thought that windowless van creepy voice thing you do at the beginning of this thing was bad. I don't think I've ever heard that sign up. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for tuning in. Love you. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.